A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday, Haley. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, Dan. I am pumped. And refreshed and ready Good, for all yeah. kinds of stuff. I had the week off last week, vacation, big time fun. Learned so many things as I always do on vacation. And <laughs> you always do. Yeah, I do have to tell this one story. I'll make it fast because you've heard it, I think, twelve times. So well, don't. Anytime even... we see anyone new, you definitely tell the story. So. It, it is such a good story it to is. tell. So you don't have to pretend <laughs> that this is the first time you're hearing it. So anyway, my family and I went up to Burt Lake, you mm-hmm. know, up north, up near Mackinac City and stuff like that. And we're up there, and it's a great little lake. We've gone there for years. And it's just great fun. Rent a cottage, all kinds of stuff. Lots of swimming. Well, we get there, and within a couple hours of getting unpacked and everything, the kids want to go swimming, of course. Of course. So we rush out there. Now, very quickly, it's important to understand that the swimming docks are about 70 yards or so from the shore. You know, it's such a a shallow lake. Mm -hmm. They've got a dock that you walk all the way out to get to these swimming docks. and that So there's a long walk. Little platforms. Little platforms, right. So we go out there, we're swimming, and then there's a dock out there, like a floating dock that you can Mm -hmm. swim to, and the kids always want to go there. So we do that. Everybody gets on it. We're having a big time. I don't even know why that's fun, but it is. So we're out (laughs) there. Something to jump off of. (laughs) Right. So we finally get off of it, and the kids all jump off, and it makes the thing wobble back and forth. And Uh I decide I'm going to be smooth, and I'm going to just glide right off of it. So I sit on the side of it, and I go to slide forward. The kids are in the water. You know, hollering for me to get in. Yeah. And it was this split second of weirdness where I slid off and I, I'm basically at a 45 degree angle between the water and the dock. And I'm just stuck there. And for that split second, I'm looking at the kids. Their eyes are big. Why is dad hung up like that? And then you hear the ripping of my shorts. <laughs> and then I'm no longer 45 degrees, you know, with the water. I am full on in the water and I have ripped my shorts from stem to stern, from basically the... yeah. The hem of the knee you know, or the leg all the way up to the waistband. Oh, my goodness. And this now we should have the SpongeBob ripped his pants song play. I should, yes. <laughs> There's so many things that played through my mind. And that's why that long walk was important to me to, to stress that part of the story, the 75 yards. I have to get back to these docks and I then walk know. all that way back in front of people. Why? why? I would have never. I would have found a way not to let that I know. happen. I would have stayed in the water. I, I would have made someone go get things for none me. None of those a things. towel around me. None of those make things. Make a human shield. <laughs> none of those things crossed my mind. I was Walk of horrified. Shame. Yes, but I did it. I, I carried my towel. Yeah. What kind of person what? with a ripped bottom? I mean, completely ripped open bottom. The kids are laughing hysterically and, and pointing. You said you're waddling, closing it shut with your hands yes. the whole time when you've got a towel. Oh, there. I know. I am so dumb. So dumb. So dumb. And that brings us to the bigger point that we want to get to. So dumb. Safety stuff. I wasn't aware of my surroundings, okay? Right. What happened to me was there's a little metal edge banding around that little floating dock. Yeah. Not sharp, but enough to snag my pants. I wasn't aware, all right? And yeah. I didn't think about things. I was overconfident. Whatever you want to say. I'm trying to stretch to make a point out of this. In the little bit that we've got for this first segment, we want to talk about safety stuff. Yeah. Because these are nagging things. And in fact, let's go back to a, the, the, an early story with you, Haley. Right after you had started here, we were working on a project for one of the stores for yeah, a we were trophy. Yeah, a trophy. We had to drill out 
a little metal stem to make it fit into the piece that we were working on. And you had taken it because we've got a little metal shop here and you had started working on it. Well, I came over and was like, where are your yep. safety glasses? She was going to hover and I knew she was coming. So I thought if I'm going to get this done fast before Haley shows me what I'm doing wrong, because you're you're more familiar with, with metal work than I am. That's yeah. what you did went before. To school for it. Yeah. And I thought, I don't want to be shown up for how stupid I am. So I'm trying to hurry. <laughs> and you come over with the safety glass talk. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, my goodness, the nagging. And, and I, I didn't want to have an argument or, to, you yeah. know, and I shouldn't have wanted to have an argument. But it's nobody wants to wear this stuff. I, it's no, going to fog up. To get it done and you didn't know where glasses were so it was like a whole thing we had to look for the glasses it was a pain it was a thing but you were tenacious you weren't gonna let it go and i did it and we got done and i knew i had been a little bit annoyed and i was afraid that that was visible because i don't hide these things terribly (laughs) well do i no and so i I made the statement that hey you know sorry it was good that you and then you told me a horrible story yeah i went to school for sculpture and so we did a lot of you know iron casting bronze casting and then we had to clean those up. So we were grinding metal a lot in the shop. And multiple friends of mine, wearing safety glasses even, got metal shards stuck in their eyes. In their eyeball. Yeah. It doesn't take a very big shard well, to make a huge difference to well, your vision. Well, think, <laughs> no kidding. Think about a little metal. Sh- you know, I've had that working with screws. Yeah. You know, you're just screwing stuff, grab into the box. Well, there's little metal shavings and mm-hmm. you get a little tiny piece in your finger. Right. It's a pain to get out. It's hard to find. It hurts. Yeah. Imagine that your in your eye, eyeball. You've got to go to the hospital now. It's a big when deal. When you told me that, it just, it really made me really think through some of this stuff. You try to hurry. You want to get something done. It is a pain to use these things, but my goodness, the alternative. And we're all guilty of it. We are. Because I mean, you mentioned that I, at home with wood projects, you you generally- I don't usually take the time to find safety glasses because you, I haven't seen a bad enough experience. Do you want to be I've that bad enough someone, experience? you know, have a bad experience with the metal. So I'm like, okay, I won't do that. But- it the is wood. so yeah, worth I should. it. You know, I had that. We only have a little bit left here. The, the bigger idea is just really be focused. Take the time. Take the precautions. Yeah. But I was working on a table saw, and it was less about, you know, I had the glasses and stuff like that. What I The mistake I made there was just I got confident. I was making a bunch of different cuts, yep. and I was starting to anticipate the next cut, mm-hmm. and it, the, the blade spinning actually caught a piece of the board that I just cut the, the, the piece off and chucked it behind the machine it chucked it across the room a two by two piece of plywood went flying across the room like a frisbee the violence with which that happened made me really rethink how important it is to stay focused while you're working on a machine like that while you're working on it slowing down to the point where you're only in this exact moment i should have slowed down while i was sitting on that dock i shouldn't have been full of the the fun and glory of vacation (laughs) to come thankfully i thought i had to pack an extra pair of swim shorts that really would have been bad had i only brought the one. Yeah, it really saved your rear. Yeah, it did. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about paint shortages. We'll make it fun. In the meantime, here's your song, Haley. Now I learned a lesson I won't soon forget. So listen, and you won't regret. Be true to yourself. Don't miss your chance, and you won't end up like the Helping you turn your house into your dream home. 
This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back, and Haley and I are in the studio with Kevin Herman, the territory rep from Benjamin Moore. Benjamin you, Moore territory rep. How you guys rep. doing? Yeah, that, that works. Whatever you want to call me, I don't care. Yeah, you're all right. Well, really? Well, you really? call me Whatever. all kinds of things when we're not on air. I know, so. but they're all polite, <laughs> right? They're all nice. Uh, sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll anyway, we're going to move on. <laughs> we brought Kevin in because we want to talk about, basically, shortages in the building industry. Right. There's so much going on. You know, Nationwide. And nationwide and worldwide. Yeah. I, I wanted to start with uh, an article that I ran into. It's from July, so it's not completely up to date, but it's July 23, something like that. Mm. Pretty close. And it's from the National Association of Home Builders, and they've got a report where, you know, basically spelling out how material shortages are way more widespread right now than at any time since they've been collecting this info in the 90s. Wow. So it's worse now than it's ever been since they've started gathering the Worst info. I've ever seen in 30 years. Worst you've ever seen. And in a survey that they took, they had about 90% or so of the builders that reported back to them, Mm -hmm. they mentioned shortages of appliances, framing timber, OSB, plywood. Just under 90% reported shortages of windows, doors, things like that. I mean, it's- Yeah, electrical boxes. Yeah, junction boxes, everything. All kinds of stuff, shortages on that. Well, we're seeing the same thing in the paint world. You know, paint companies are struggling to acquire the raw materials needed to make the products that- you know, make our world go round. Exactly. And so we brought Kevin here to discuss all of these things. And I guess, really, let's just jump right into it. You know, this issue, and and specifically, we're going to be focusing on the paint part of things, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in regards to the paint stuff, the shortages in the paint world, how widespread is this issue? It's, it affects everyone. Yeah, we're all we're all dealing with the same issues in the in the paint business from national manufacturing's down to you guys as regional grinders here in West Michigan. It's hitting everybody. Right. Everybody is struggling with it and you know, let's go into the why's behind it. You know, what brought this about? What are the contributing factors? I'm sure COVID's to blame and mm-hmm. I know COVID's to blame for part of it. Mm-hmm. What 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 kind of all came together? to make this horrible thing happen. Yeah, because it was kind of a combination of a bunch of different things. Yeah, uh, all lining up at exactly the right moment or wrong moment, depending (laughs) on how you look at it. Wrong moment, yeah. So, you know, last year we all go into shutdown and uh, production stopped or slowed, depending. Then when the factories opened and people were out of work, we're doing it with reduced capacity. Fewer people separated, uh, cleaning every so often, all those things that affect production. Production was lower than normal. Well, and during the COVID shutdown, we had more paint sales. So it was, you know, increased demand while we have a production line that's limited. It was by far the biggest year we've ever had as a company with reduced production capacity. So coming out of COVID, there was very little inventory. And I think that was, that affected most of the companies out there. And then this year, uh, at the end of winter, there was a deep freeze down in Texas. I'm sure you guys are all Mm -hmm. familiar with it. There are a couple of Dow facilities down there that weren't freeze-proof. And they supply raw materials to all kinds of different industries. Right. So when we needed product and, and raw materials in order to manufacture paint, it wasn't available. And that didn't really start to come on back online until sometime in June. And at that point... We have another banner year going, yeah. 
and no inventory. So everything that's being manufactured is going right to facilities and out the door. Right. So the demand, yeah, it's so crazy high. The stimulus, you know, all of that money is being played out into people investing in their homes, building. Mm-hmm. All of this is happening. And yeah, we just can't keep up. Nobody can keep up. And then yep. you got the natural disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things a lot, Texas. Well, it's not Texas's fault, Haley. <laughs> it's the weather that came to Texas. Yes. <laughs> wow. That was harsh. Well, Haley. Haley, yeah. All right. So, so with all of that going on, yeah. I know a little bit about, I don't know much, though, about the struggle to, to acquire materials and products. And we've done a number of, we just wrapped up the last uh, appreciation lunch for mm-hmm. our contractors and our customers. We do these lunches. We have them catered out at all the different stores. And Kevin, you're there with a number of different vendors. Mm-hmm. And you spend a fair amount of the time this year on the phone, you know, getting emergency calls, trying to connect people with the right product. What does that internal struggle look like just from your own point of view, just to get product to the people who need it? Well, it, I mean, it, it, is, uh, it, it has been fun and frustrating at the same time. <laughs> um, demand is high. Yeah, uh, we have all kinds of demand for paint, whether it's painting contractors or homeowners or facilities or, or whatever, um, and you sometimes have to scramble to find inventory. Uh, you know, so we're, I'm paying more attention to when it's being produced and when it's uh, the ETA for the distribution facility, and we try to plan out our orders so it hits when the product is hitting because it's first come first serve, and we've been able to do a pretty good job of keeping inventory in all the stores. You know, the nice thing is uh, Repcolite's also a manufacturer, so between Benjamin Moore and Repcolite, we have a pretty ready supply. Um, I would say we're doing pretty well versus our major competitors. So as far as painting contractors go, DIYers with projects, mm-hmm. let's make this, you know, really pointed and personal. What do we need to, you know, think about in terms of this? Do we need to be concerned? What do we need to do to make sure our projects move forward? Yeah. What's I, the best thing to do? I don't think anyone needs to be concerned. Do we need to buy canned food and shotgun shells <laughs> oh and just God. start waiting? No, the we're going to live through this. <laughs> okay. So, you know, the the choices that manufacturers like Benjamin Moore make and also uh, Repcolite is what products we're going to manufacture. So you're up against production schedules. We're, we're running at capacity. You know, uh, seven days a week, uh, three, you know, 24 hours a day, we're making as much paint as we can. So the focus is going to be on the products that sell the best, our biggest movers, which is what most homeowners are going to be using and most contractors are going to be using the premium products. So, you know, the things like Regal, those are in pretty ready supply. It's when you get into some of the specialty products that uh, they're not high in the production schedule Mm -hmm. that we sometimes have to switch to an alternative product. but well, It's like traffic marking paint. We had a lot of people yeah. coming to us for that because it's one of those things that gets pushed off towards the end and then there's not supply. Yeah. If you have limited uh, capacity to manufacture and then you also have limited raw materials, you're not going to produce that sort of thing. You're going to make the, the ones that everybody wants, the big sellers, mm-hmm. the premium products. All right. So what if my desired product isn't available? You know, the thing that I use all the time Mm -hmm. as a contractor or as a homeowner, I'm getting Mm -hmm. ready to start my project. Now, for homeowners, it's probably running into less of an issue because the quantities are less that I need. You usually can find that. But for a contractor, I'm coming in to get that. It's not available. What do you do? And and I know the answer to this, but you're probably going to (laughs) say it better than I will. Well, the first thing, if you're a painting contractor, communicate with the stores and with your reps on what you have coming up. That way we can best plan for it and make sure you have material. But if it's not available, you have to be adaptable and flexible. You may have to use a different product. 
it's not as if we only have one product in the category that you can possibly use. Right. We usually have a variety and people prefer products for different reasons. Um, so it may not be your favorite. You might have to go to a secondary product. You can still get you through the product and the project. It'll still work just fine, but you have to adapt if you can't get what you originally wanted. What are some of the biggest things that you see You know, right now that, that contractors want can't get from Benjamin Moore and we're switching them to another product. What are the product specifics? Oh, you know, sometimes it's trim enamels. Um, most of the wall paints have been in pretty good supply. When you get into your deeper colors, again, they're ranking these things according to what sells the most and what right. the priorities are. So your your pastels and your mid-tone bases, those are generally in pretty good supply. When you get into your deep or neutral bases to make the darker colors, um, they may be in shorter supply. Right. So that, that's going to be something you might have to switch to an alternative product right. in order to get through it. The big thing is there are options yep. if you're right. running into that. If you're working with another company, you don't work with us on a regular basis, you might want to stop in and have that conversation because we might be able to help you get something comparable, yep. get that project moving forward. Yep. And one of the interesting things, you mentioned it, is just that, that RepcoLite is a manufacturer. So that's given us a lot of leeway. We work with mm-hmm. Benjamin Moore, PPG. We've got other brands, and that diversification has really helped us. Well, and seeing holes in the other company or things that they're not manufacturing as quickly, we can kind of pivot and fill some of those gaps for each other even. I mean, it's a good partnership, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So there is no panic. Don't need to panic. You're going to get paint. You're going to be able to do your project. For the most part, you're not even going to notice anything being different. But uh, occasionally you might have to use an alternative product from what you originally were thinking. But uh, even that's probably going to be fairly rare at Repcolite. Well, and it's kind of nice being smaller, too. Like yeah. you said, the national retailers are experiencing this on the same level. And we don't have contracts with giant box stores that we've got a supply. So we're able to really focus on our local communities a little bit better. Yeah. All, all the paint that Benjamin manufactures, all the paint that RepCut manufactures ends up in your stores. We're not splitting it off to the home centers or mass merchandisers. A little stressful? Uh, at times, but a little stress is good for your heart, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Keeps you on your toes, at least. Well, I'm convincing myself. That yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. Kevin used to have a full head of hair. It was dark <laughs> black, and that was last summer. Yep. Now that I was... have no hair, and what is left is gray. gray. Yep. Yeah. Working on your beard, though, that'll, that'll at least fill it in, right? You can <laughs> comb that over. If you get the beard long oh enough, you gosh. can comb it over. No, you can. You may think that looks silly. Or it have sounds you tried? silly. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's going to work out because I can see mine thinning as well. I've not seen a beard comb over. But we were talking we, we about last week, I might try a bald mullet. Oh, there you go. See? Oh, boy. I don't know that that's good. Start a no. trend. <laughs> anyway, yeah, if you are dealing with this as a painting contractor and you are a little bit concerned, by all means, give us a call. Stop out at any store and we'll help you get what you need. Kevin Herman from Benjamin Moore, thanks for being here. Thanks a lot. Welcome back. Now, all right. When we come back, Haley's got some surprise breaking news. That's all just ahead. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the RepcoLite Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. Well, Haley, we ended last segment talking about how this was a breaking news week. What happened? Why is it breaking news? Because I got a house, finally. And we're going to be closing in a couple of weeks, but I seriously can't believe this process is over. Right. We started this back in March? Yeah, something like that. Uh, The whole thing has been an emotional experience. Uh, Yeah. It's not been fun. We took a break. You know, there were 
probably two months in there where we weren't really looking because it just, honestly, the emotional toll, we needed a break. Right. It is a big deal. You're emotionally invested in each offer you make. Yeah, exactly. Because each house I truly believed, okay, this is going to be the house that we live in. I can picture myself and, you know, I would visualize myself being in the house, living there, doing this to that room and this to the bathroom. And so I have plans for it already. It's really hard when that offer doesn't get accepted, mm-hmm. and especially because we were so close on almost all of the offers. We were second place. Well, and a whole, the whole thing was strange with, from my experience, buying a house. Mm-hmm. You, you go, you look at the house. Hey, we kind of like it. Let's make an offer. We get it in. You had offer deadlines. Right. Yeah, Where exactly. all of a sudden 50 offers are coming in. Yeah. Most of the time we were going up against 20, 15 offers. There was one house, though, where I think it was in the 40s. Yeah. And... It was just crazy. It's so stressful to know that, like, okay, we've got to have all of this done by, you know, this day. And it's usually they post the house and then four days later, you've got to make the offer. And you know that everyone else is offering at that same time. And you're trying to figure out, you know, what are their offers going to be like? How high do I have to go? Mm -hmm. Is there going to be a cash offer on the table? Because at that point, it doesn't even matter. (laughs) Right. So much stress, so much planning. Yeah. But then on top of it all, as you mentioned, you know, you've got 30 or so offers coming in. And you end up placing second, third place. That's yeah, they were really real competitive sting. offers. So it wasn't just like I wasn't playing the game, uh, you know? <laughs> to be that close and always second place, always third place. Yeah, it was not fun. No, I've never known what it's like to be second or third place. I've oh, always... Yeah. That must be nice. I've never really placed. <laughs> I've always been way low. <laughs> I and thought you were going a totally different direction with yeah, that. most people did. Yeah. Anyway, so with all of that said... You know, we're we're not just here to rub people's nose in the fact that you succeeded. Right, because that is kind of how I felt when friends of mine did get their houses and they weren't looking for as long as me. I was thinking like, seriously, this person got a house after only looking for like a month. One of my friends, and I'm so happy for you, Jessica, but she wasn't even looking for a house and saw this house come on the market and decided to put in an offer and it was accepted. So you're going to get the house that you're meant to have, though, and that's... I. I think the whole point of this is I'm so glad that I didn't get the houses that I offered on before because truly this is the house that I am meant to be in. It feels so much better to me. The neighborhood feels better to me. It's it's a dream. Well, and that's like you said, that that's what we wanted to do with the segment because we know there are people out there right now who are saying you've been looking since March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, guess what? I've right. been looking since whenever. And yeah, we don't want, you know, it's not that kind of a thing. It is hard to hear success. But what we're hoping to do is go back and have Haley from the present. Mm -hmm. Go back and talk to Haley, (laughs) who's just starting the process, and what things would you say? And is that the first one that you'd say you're going to get the house you need, that you want? Yeah, even though I guess you've just got to trust the process, because obviously I thought that each of those houses was the house that I was meant to be in. But... If I had understood maybe that this is going to be a marathon and not a sprint, I wouldn't have had the expectation that I'm going to find it this soon. I think that's the key is setting, of course, and we say that in how many different things, setting the correct Mm -hmm. expectations. And it's really tough to do. But I know that in the beginning of this process, I thought I didn't say it out loud because I'm not a complete idiot, Mm -hmm. but I thought you had a 
a higher expectation than what I suspected reality was going to be. You, you yeah. kind of thought it was going to happen very quickly yeah. and come together pretty easily. And it didn't. And that was where the stre- a lot of stress came in. A lot of disappointment came in. Right. Extra disappointment. There's always going to be disappointment. If, if I you- told myself at the beginning that I'm going to get house number seven, mm-hmm. maybe it wouldn't be so disappointing. <laughs> right. And, and, and who knows how that's going to play out. But the big thing is just trust the process. You said something that I think is interesting. And I think it's it's something that we could dispute and have a, a big conversation about. You said you're going to get the house that you're meant to have. You're going to, you're supposed to, you're going to get yeah. that house that you want more than all the other ones. And that seems so um, trite, actually, right. to yeah. people in the situation. Because I know you were told that by people. Oh, yeah. My mom, and you didn't like after hearing that. every time we lost a house, would say, well, it wasn't the house that you're meant to be in. You haven't found your house yet. There's a plan out there. You've just got to trust it. And it was really hard to hear. And yet it seemed to play it's out. It's true. I had the same thing looking for house. And I was saying it to you to some extent. Oh, yeah. And Ginger, I mean, because she sees this all the time. Well, Ginger's where people... your realtor. Yeah. And that is, to me, that's the money line right there. She sees this all the time. She's been doing it for, what'd you say, 10 years or so? Yeah, I think. over 10 years now. And she always finds that it's it's really strange. She can't explain it. But the house that people end up in are the one. It's the one that they're meant to be in. It's the one they're most happy about getting, ultimately. So as hard as that is to hear, because we know it is hard to hear, it's hard to accept that yeah. from people who have houses, <laughs> yeah. you know? But it is true. You're going to find that house. It's just a matter of trusting the process, taking the time, and doing what you can to maintain hope in the midst of an environment that seems almost, well, it seems like it's completely working against us Yes. to succeed in this manner. Yeah, you've so got to find some happiness outside of the house hunt because that'll keep you going. So the first thing present Haley would say to past Haley is trust the process. Trust what other the process. Things? I think shop around a little bit more for home loans and lenders. Uh, I knew that information already, but I... After you knew I, that you should shop around? Yes. See, I had no idea I should even do that. I went to one place... Got it figured out where I, what I could do, liked the rate, and that was it for me. What do you mean right. shop around? Why am I shopping around? There's so many different loan options, different types of loans that you might not know about. And I think the first step is just doing some research of your own online and figuring out what's out there because there are certain things like a home renovation loan that's going to really open up your options when you're looking in a market with very few options. So a home renovation loan, that's something that we touched on very briefly last week. We were hoping this week to have Amanda Lehman from Stockton Mortgage. That's who you ended up working with. Exactly. And we were going to have her on the show talking about a renovation loan because it's basically the idea behind that very briefly is that you're getting a loan based on future equity of the home so you can make the repairs you need. Yeah, let's say that you really need to be in a two-bathroom house, and it's a one-bathroom house, and so you write it off. Well, if you had a home renovation loan, you could budget in you know, adding a bathroom to the house to the loan amount that you're getting, so now it becomes a two-bathroom house, and you've already gained some equity. But I, I didn't really know about those too much, and it wasn't an option discussed with me originally, and there's more options than even just that. But once you found that out, that really opened up a lot of doors and a lot of houses became potentially interesting at this Mm -hmm. point. And that it's just a matter of doing that extra research, shopping around and getting the best information possible. And building a relationship with the person that's going to be in charge of your loan to your loan officer is really important. It's, you know, one thing to have a good relationship with your realtor, but honestly... 
the loan officer is going to be the one in contact with you during the most stressful parts of this home buying experience, you know, with all of the paperwork and understanding parts of contracts that you didn't really know about before. So, having someone that's going to educate you without you asking to be educated, I think is really important because we don't know to ask questions about things we don't know. Relationships are so important. We talk about that when hiring a contractor, for mm-hmm. example. You know, don't go with the, the best price necessarily. Go with somebody you can work with because yeah, they're going to be in with. your home and you know, you want to be able to get where you want to go as fluidly and smoothly as possible. Same thing with this. Exactly. So those are some things that present Haley would say to the past Haley. Yes. Anything else? I would say drive past houses that you may have written off based on location because that's exactly what happened with this house that I got is I saw it was a Wyoming address and I thought it's a beautiful house, but it's not for me because we planned on living in this area in Grand Rapids. And so... Oh, well, that's too bad. Mm -hmm. But it kind of stuck in my head. So the next day I was like, well, maybe I'll just drive past it and see if I like the neighborhood. Maybe it'll surprise me. And it did. It really surprised me. It's a total gem. I already love the neighbors and there's old growth trees. It's where I was meant to be. And I would have never known had I not just driven past it really quick. And it's so easy to write them off. I had the same kind of thing at the house that I'm in now. The street that it was on, we saw a listing come up on that street, but we assumed that we knew there was one house for sale. It was just, it needed too much work. Yeah. That was for somebody else to do and flip that house. And so when I saw this address come up, I thought, ah, it's that house. I don't need that. But I, I stuck in my mind, exactly right. like you're saying. Yep. And I thought, I better just drive past. And I kept telling myself why I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. But then I finally, you know, yelled at myself, it's just five minutes down the road. Yeah, you well, might you feel as well like a crazy look. person. Yes. Yeah. I go and look, and it's a whole different house than the one I thought. I never would have known had I not taken that extra step. And yeah, that was the house I was meant to be in. And we found it because of that extra work. Exactly. So all of those things... All good advice. If you're in this situation, we know it's tough. I mean, it really is. Lived it. It was really, really grueling because you're so emotionally attached to each offer, each house, each situation, each piece of property. And then when the rejection comes, you start to wonder, where am I going from here? It will work out. It's a matter of just working through the process. And I do think that it's getting a little bit better out there right now. You know, this last house that I offered on, there was only one other offer on the table, which is completely surprising to me. And I guess it's kind of industry-wide right now. They're seeing a lot fewer offers come in. So if you are looking, this might be the time where you get lucky. (laughs) Definitely. Get a realtor, do the work, all of that. Hopefully next week we'll be on the phone or in the studio with Amanda Lehman talking about renovation loans. And we'll get you the scoop on all of that. Right now we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about decorating that brand new blank slate that you've got. Yeah, I've got a huge blank slate, and i it's a little overwhelming. And even if that's not your situation, even if all you're thinking about redecorating is a room or two, the info that we've got is really going to help simplify the process. It's good for everyone. It's good for everybody. That's all coming up just ahead. Stay tuned. want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, last segment we talked about your new house, Haley. Yeah, Went all on about and me. On. Yeah, it was all about Haley. 
and basically it, it was to help everybody out yes, there in exactly. the process. Hopefully, there's hopefully some info that you got out of that that will keep you looking, keep or you inspired. Or at least we commiserated with you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all feel the pain to some extent. Yeah. But anyway, now we want to talk about what you're going to do with the new space because you've basically got a blank template, you know, a blank tablet to work from, right? Yeah. A tabula rasa. Which I slate. like, but it's also a little bit overwhelming. Well, it is. I know the very first thing I was thinking and the very first thing I asked you when you showed me all the pictures because mm-hmm. the people have moved out a while ago. They found right. a new place. So it's all the totally pictures empty. Yeah, are of a space that's completely empty. My first thought was, are you going to paint it? You know, before you move in, are you going to get colors on the walls mm-hmm. and do all of this stuff? And it sounds so tempting. My mom asked me the same thing when I moved into my space, and I really wanted to. Right. It's very tempting. It makes a lot of sense in our heads. We don't have to move things around. We don't have to take pictures off the wall, fill nail holes. That's already done, hopefully. And why not? Why but, not just paint it right now? And who doesn't love moving into that new paint smell? Right. I mean, even if you don't love the new paint smell, there's this feeling that it's very clean and it's me. Yeah, I it's put like a my new touch car on everything. Smell. Right. It feels great. We want to do it. Everything's out of our way. Let's paint. Well, there's a big problem with it. And you had the same answer I did to, you know, you gave me the same answer I gave mom. I would love to paint. I really want to paint, but I don't know what color I want to use right now. Yeah. And in my situation... It, it could have been solved by doing a little pre-planning. You know, if I yes. had been gathering my inspiration and, you know, we talk about that all the time. I don't have time to go into it here, but you should always be clipping pictures of whether you're doing it on Pinterest or you're mm-hmm. putting them in a, a Vision little notebook board, somewhere, yeah. anywhere, the, the colors, the things that you like, and you weed that out over time. And as time goes by, you, you find You've got naturally some direction. Yeah, the colors that you love. If I had done that, I would have at least had a bit of a plan. Yes. You're in a little different situation where you've got no furniture or anything. Yeah, and, I've got to buy a lot right now. Right. And all of that will affect the what color. color you want to go with. And that's what we want to get to here, because if you are doing a new house, mm-hmm. you know, people who build and they've got to decorate that whole space. Those of us who've never done that often look at that and think, oh, they're so lucky. Yeah. They've got, oh, they're, they're, everything is exactly the way they want it to be. And they mm-hmm. get this fun of decorating a home. I've heard people say that. Fun of decorating a brand new house. Well, you know what? It's, it's a about, lot of work. It's fun for about five minutes until you start thinking about how do I make all of this work? And the stress comes out. And a lot of us know that even from small projects. You try to do a single room and it can be stressful yeah. getting the right colors and stuff like that. So well, I think the same mistakes are made. So And that's what we want to get to here. And honestly, the big struggle comes from decorating out of order. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why we can struggle with decorating. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of it comes to the fact that we do this interior design work out of order. It's true. And if you do that and you follow the right steps, the order of how you should gather things, it really simplifies the process, no matter the size of your project. So that's the very first step. And that's where you're kind of stuck right now, right? Right. I really need to start with furniture. The things that are going in the room that have limited color options. Things like couches, tables, chairs, curtains. These are the things that are going to have very limited options as far as color palette goes. And so if I can get that stuff finalized, then 
I have color direction. I understand how other colors need to work together. And I'm not ending up with a room that I painted this teal color because I love that teal color. Happens and then finding the a couch that doesn't go with it. And now I've got to find a whole new couch. That's a lot harder than just changing the color I paint the wall. Right. You've got to get these big ticket items figured out because the options are less. The color options are less. Your flooring, all the things that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. We see it all the time. The tendency is to want to start at the paint rack. I'm going to redo a room. I head to the paint store and look at chips. Yep. Right? That's where people start. And that's the wrong place to start because what they'll do is they'll get the item that is the most uh, adjustable yeah. first. And now they've got to find these other things that are much harder to adjust and make them fit to this other color. You mentioned that your husband, that was his plan too. Let's just go figure out what color we need. Yeah. As I'm looking for furniture, he's saying, well, I don't know what furniture I want. Shouldn't we paint the room the color we want first? And I was like, no, that's a mistake that people make actually is because it's so tempting to paint first. It's one color. It feels almost more manageable, I think, in some ways than finding all of these little things that have to go together first. We think it will help us find those other things. Yeah, it's totally the opposite. Not the case with color. We can do anything, really, almost literally, almost anything. You can, you know, we've got over you know thousands and thousands of colors to choose from just on the walls, the displays that we've got in the stores, right? And then we can customize we them. We can custom match anybody's color chip from any store. So now you've got those thousands that you can add to it. Mm-hmm. Plus, we can custom match. So you can bring in fabric scraps and we can pull particular colors right out of there and match to those, even if there's no chip yeah. that matches that exactly. There's so much fluidity to that. You've exactly. got all kinds of options. The biggest thing, if you're in any project, make sure you get the bigger ticket items, the things that have fewer options figured out first. Save the paint color to the end, and you will eliminate, yeah, it's hard to say percentages, but a huge percentage <laughs> yeah. of the stress well, and you that can decorating still induces. Maybe look for direction, but don't finalize any paint color choices. Don't paint the walls until you've secured the other things. You can still find direction first. Get inspiration. But that's a totally different thing than going in and painting first thing. Okay, so we've got that set, and that basically tells you that you can't do anything, right? It's still not (laughs) true. So now let's go and basically contradict everything we just said, because there are a handful of colors. If you're in a situation like Haley's in, there are some colors that you could use because it really is so tempting to get this house painted right now. There are some neutrals that will be something you can work with no matter what. I think it's a good idea to, I'm kind of lucky in some ways where the walls are already white in this house. I've seen other houses um, that I put offers on where they had really bold color choices in the rooms already, like an orange in the dining room. And it honestly would probably be harder in some ways to pick a paint color or even furniture colors for the house before getting rid of that orange. So if you need to paint now because you've got crazy colors or because you just want a fresh coat of paint on the walls to live in for a little while, there are neutrals that are going to be extremely flexible because they're very balanced and they're not going to lean heavily in any direction. Do you have a couple in the last little bit that we've got that you can throw out there? And we'll put links in the show notes to all of these. For a white, I think white dove is always going to be the most balanced, extremely neutral. It's got equal parts yellow and gray, so it's going to go with literally everything. I've never seen it fail in a room, um, no matter what the lighting is. The other one, it's in the same family, actually, is pale oak. It's kind of a grayish, but really light, extremely neutral. Again, it's balanced to the point where it can go with warm tone things and cool tones. 
All right. And we'll put others in the show notes that you can check out. By all means, stop out at any store. You can get the color on the walls. You just got to be a little cautious, make the right choices, and it'll be fine. But if you do have the freedom to make these bigger choices like furniture and flooring first, decorating in order is going to save you tons of stress in projects down the road. So keep both of those things in mind. And Haley, that's all the time we've got. We've got to wrap it up. If you want to catch this one again, you can find it online at RepcoLight.com. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repco Light and Port City paint stores are open until 3, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening. 